This is Lincoln A to Z. Lincoln A to Z. Lincoln A to Z. We've chosen 52 squares at random from the Lincoln A to Z street map. E and And now we have to go to all 52 and make a program about each and every one. Lincoln A to Lincoln Z. Lincoln A to Z. Each week we'll be setting off on our trusty bikes to find a different grid. Lincoln A to Z. We could find ourselves in a leafy residential area, a bustling city street, or a completely empty field. We'll present our findings every week here on Siren FM as we uncover Lincoln one grid at a time. Lincoln A to Z. 52 grids, two men, one map, no clue. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Lincoln A to Z here on Siren FM. And you can hear in that introduction, I'm just listening to it now, just listening back to myself, because uh, that's the kind of fellow I am. You can hear the tiredness in my voice there when it says we've got to visit all 52. This is only number 17. Come on, shape up, people. Okay, Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. I'm Paul Tyler, the man that's over the other side of the desk, and the man that the fine young cannibals wrote that song about is Johnny Hoare. Hello there. Hello. So, Johnny, let us know what grid we're visiting in this episode. Hi, my name's Ben. I don't live in Lincoln, but I think that Lincoln is awesome. Perfect, right. Okay. Go for it, don't look. Everyone looks in the tin, don't look in the tin. Okay. What have you got? G8. Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. G8. And uh, what we do on Lincoln A to Z, Johnny and I, uh, the uh, the program's producer and I, we go uh, around... Randomly selected, Joe Public, before we started all this, selected 52 random grids uh, from the Lincoln A to Z map, which actually, coincidentally, covers our Siren FM uh, coverage area. And uh, what we do is we go and visit those grids, we get the history of those grids, other people's opinions on that grid, and uh, micro-analyse what the hell's going on inside there. Um, Now then, this week it's G8. Johnny, what is inside the G8 grid? Okay, G8 is basically the uh, the spot where the A46, the Western Bypass, crosses over the, the Fosdyke Canal, uh, also crosses over the railway line and also the cycleway. So all about transport this week. Okay, so uh, after last week where we uh, we selected uh, a grid where not much going on and um, we've, uh, we've gone and done it again. But, <laughs> okay, if you want to contact us, let us know anything you know about this grid, uh, you can do so by emailing us, lincolnatorz at sirenonline.co.uk. You can find us on Facebook, and of course we're on Twitter. Hashtag Lincoln A to Z. Uh, and then there's our beautifully put uh, together website, lincolnatorz.co.uk. lincolnatorz.co.uk. And uh, one more time there, Johnny. What is that website address? LincolnA2Z.co.uk. Okay, so we had to get that across three times. Three times because it's a very, very well put together uh, website. And uh, you can see there uh, just the challenge that we've got laid before us. Um, we always knew that, you know, Lincoln has a great mix of, uh, of urban uh, and uh, city life and, and rural. And uh, quite, <laughs> quite a lot of rural. Uh, okay, so uh, at first glance, is our G8 grid seems like another one of our middle of nowhere. There's nothing going on here episodes, and that might well be right. Uh, So we decided to spice up the journey to the grid. Now normally you would join us at this point and we would be already in the grid uh, that we're going to talk about. Uh, But today we're going to do a bit of a test. Now since Johnny and I started Lincoln A to Z, throughout the programme we find out more about ourselves. I think, you know, sort of areas we've grown up, uh, went to school in, working, etc. We always knew that was going to happen and we don't shy away from it. But one thing I have found out about myself is just how competitive I am. Um, I don't think I'm particularly competitive in real life. Generally competitive against Johnny, obviously. We have a, a question of Lincoln on the programme, and it's always nice to win that. Um, and we're finding 
I know, as we go around this, I don't know whether to keep ourselves amused or not, uh, but we're finding little competitions. Now, um, since I got my racing bike um, and a smartphone, uh, you, you link the two together and there's uh, various websites and uh, apps you can get. I use Strava. Uh, I'm not going to recommend it over any others because I've not used any others. Uh, but this one will give us... Um, it, it competes you against other people. Now, from another grid of ours, uh, C9, you can start there and go on a straight, uh, which takes you all the way into the grid uh, that we're going to be talking about today, which is G8. Now, they're looking at about 2 minutes 30 uh, to go the distance between uh, these two grids. Uh, that's what the winners uh, on there are doing. It gives you the top 30, uh, and I'm going to pit myself against them. Uh, if we've got a backwind. I have, to, uh, I have to claim that today. We have got a backwind. Um, so here goes. <sighs> So, struggling to talk, struggling to stay upright if I'm honest, I've just, I've just completed the skelly straight, oh man, uh, uh, I think, I'm not even sure if it's a disused railway line this one or just an area they've tarmacked through the fields, uh, but it really, you can really get your head down, uh, get on the drop bars as the, uh, as the experts call it, uh, and, and give it a good go. Uh, so, just as as our producer Johnny Hoare meanders into view, uh, barely breaking sweat, it has to be said, although following a good minute or so behind. Uh, what time did you do it in, Johnny? Three minutes 31. I'm quite pleased with that. Yeah, yeah, you want to? Well, I was, I, you know, I was just saying that you're barely, barely breaking sweat. Getting a bit closer to you. Yeah, no, you're... I really am. I'm nearly dying, but yeah, bear in mind though, I'm doing this on a cronky old bike. Which uh, you, you gave me, I'm very grateful for it, but it is awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. As you, you know, probably one of the reasons I gave you it. Yeah. Uh, so, right, I'm going to check my phone now and see where in that little league I've uh, nah. I've come. All right. Well, uh, do you know what? I'm pretty chuffed with this. Um, currently in the Rockstar Skelly Speed Run. Skelly, of course. Uh, what locals call Skellingthorpe, uh, Skelly Speed Run. Uh, I'm number six, wow. <laughs> which is I know I'm pretty impressed with that. Uh, with a time of two minutes thirty-five, uh, I reached uh, twenty-two point seven miles an hour. Uh, so yeah, yeah, really chuffed about that. Um, yeah, well, get yourself on a on a cycling social network and beat that if you can. I'm there to be toppled. So we're now just inside the GA grid, and there's not there's not much accessibility for our GA grid. Uh, it's either railway line, waterway, uh, uh, farmers' fields, uh, which is just about coming up to uh, harvest time, uh, or as you can hear there in the background, the uh, the bypass, uh, the A46, or the new road, uh, as we like to call it, uh, as, as many people in Lincoln still do call it, uh, the new road. Um, and then we're cycling alongside those uh, very peaceful and, and, and tranquil fields. Uh, now I'm very happy we're not having to cycle on the A46. Uh, and that whoever's put this cycle track together uh, has given us a, a very small but guarded piece away from this traffic that's flying down here at colossal speeds. We're going to go and try and find somewhere a little bit quieter within this grid if we can. So in search of somewhere quieter, uh, we've got somewhere quieter, a bit more echoey. Uh, we're right underneath uh, the A46. Uh, quite an interesting sound as the cars go over. Uh, you don't feel entirely safe, but you know you, you know you know this is well built. It's a new road after all, and this is an area I've used. I use this cycle track quite a lot. 
Uh, I would normally not stop anywhere near this point and carry on, but I suppose again. But the point of, of Lincoln A to Z is that we, uh, we stop off places, uh, have a look, and uh, we find ourselves underneath the bypass, a few beer cans kicking about, as you would, as you would expect. I'd have, been, I'd have been more surprised if they weren't here. Uh, and then the uh, very tranquil uh, Fosdyke Canal uh, just uh, flowing past us. Uh, I've actually fallen in this uh, canal many, many moons ago. Uh, I fell in uh, shortly, after, <laughs> shortly after my mate Scott fell in. Uh, as we were fishing, uh, well, I say fishing, we were just messing around by the riverbank, really. And um, I was joking. Uh, I, was, I threw a stone and I said, if this stone doesn't reach the other side, I'm going to jump in. Uh, I threw a stone, it didn't reach the other side, uh, and then proceeded to fall in accidentally. Uh, and everyone thought I was a nutter. Uh, I thought I'd jumped in and uh, I, I, I protested, but then I, I stopped protesting because it seemed far cooler to say I jumped in the, in the water. Uh, now, if you've listened to a few of our, our podcasts or programmes before, uh, you'll know that we, one of the things we like to look out for, uh, as well as maybe sausage rolls and pubs, uh, we like to look out for graffiti. Now, uh, we're not fans of, of tagging. That's just kind of bland and, uh, and just, you know, it's just sort of putting your name there for the sake of it. Uh, but someone's written here, uh, and I, I, I don't know if I like this or not, because it's got a story to tell. This has got a story to tell. Uh, Brycey uh, hates RVP, the lying traitor. Uh, there's, a, there's a story behind that. No one's just written that out of uh, you know circumspect, have they? No, and it's, it's interesting. He's, he's put his own name, Brycey, which, okay, it's not his full name, but people probably identify him from that. But then the person who he hates, he's just put RVP. I find that very odd. Surely if, if you wanted to expose somebody as a lying traitor, you'd put their full name there. Uh, yeah, and perhaps disguise your own name uh, if, you're, if you're defacing public property. But, hey, you know, not for us to say. <laughs> to be honest, it's not, I don't think that's the kind of war we want to get into. <laughs> Underneath this bridge, we've spent more time, I think both of you and I are very, very intrigued by the shapes and the sounds of being underneath the new road. Yeah, I mean, again, this is one of our uh, double-decker um, grids, you know, in that we've got, we've got stuff above and below. We're not going to be going above, I don't think, because that sounds a bit scary up there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, we've talked about the graffiti down here, and I'm, I'm not a fan of graffiti generally, obviously. It's, it's not very nice, and it, it can kind of ruin areas. But being under here, I kind of feel like tagging this. I, I'm tempted because it's it's the sort of place that's crying out for it. It's not particularly beautiful as it is anyway. A bit of colour and a bit of um, local character could actually brighten it up a bit. Okay, well, I'm going to disagree with you there. Uh, and so I, had, I really, really dislike tagging. Uh, so we're not going to do that. And actually, I disagree. I disagree in the, the beauty element of it. I think the lines and the contours and the shapes of this, uh, much like I do with the, the police building on West Parade, you know, a lot of our uh, uh, listeners, uh, they, they said that they didn't like the police station. Um, I think too much concrete is a bad thing, but this is, this is, is functional. It gets people over the river. And I, I think it's, it's the lines and the contours and especially the little boat trucking under it now, um, lead to uh, something a bit more beautiful than, than you make out. And, and still now, uh, back in the studio, still now I still have a dropped jaw uh, when Johnny said he was going to tag uh, underneath there. Uh, it's exactly the kind of thing that, that, that you wouldn't do. But then, you know, this, this programme's bringing out, uh, well, sometimes the worst in, uh, in our producer. Lincoln, A to Z. Uh, OK, now it's time to hear about the history of our G8 grid square uh, with our good friend Joe Hughes from the Lincolnshire Archives. Although there aren't many natural features in this grid square... The neat cross formed by the man-made structures, the bypass, the railway and the Fosdyke, represent much of Lincoln's history. All three describe the development of Lincoln's growth from provincial Roman town, thriving medieval port, important Victorian industrial centre and expanding city of the 21st century. To deal with these features in order, 
The construction of the Fosdyke is popularly associated with the Romans, possibly built around 120 AD. Finding an inscribed statuette to the Roman god Mars in the Fosdyke at Torxy gives the theory a bit of credibility. The statuette's now in the British Museum, by the way. There is, however, some disagreement about its Roman origins, as the first documentary reference to the Fosdyke is in the medieval period. A monk from Durham Priory called Simeon wrote in his Historia Regium that in 1121, King Henry, that's Henry I, cut a large canal from Torxy to Lincoln, and, by causing the River Trent to flow into it, he did make it navigable for vessels. So, obviously, that makes it sound like it never existed before the medieval period. The argument goes on, though, because archaeologists discovered a possible Roman quay in the city in the 1950s on the north bank, coincidentally near the Lincolnshire archives, and some historians explain that Henry I's quote simply means that he actually scoured out an already existing canal, or rather, he got his medieval engineers to do it. If you really want to go back in time, though, before the Romans, there is a theory that the line of the Fosdyke actually follows an earlier prehistoric line of the Trent when it flowed into the Wash rather than the Humber at Trent Falls, as it does now. I find that quite exciting, to think that the Trent may have flowed through Lincoln once upon a time, or at least through the site where Lincoln eventually sprang up. Combined with the rivers Witham, Trent, Humber and the Wash, and the Roman waterway across the Kestivan Fens known as Car Dyke, the Fosdyke formed part of an important East Midlands communication and transport network. Consider how dire the roads of the region would have been in the centuries before decent surfacing. All the different races that invaded our shores and helped create Lincoln would have used it, from the legions of Roman soldiers, marauding Danes and Anglo-Saxons, to the Normans hauling their boatloads of stone and other materials to build Lincoln Cathedral and the castle. After the medieval era, it sounds like the canal fell into disrepair, which is understandable. It must have been a total nightmare to maintain. According to some reports, the banks stood over ten feet high in places and were very sandy, so would easily have broken down in bad weather, or if a vessel bashed into them. It often silted up and flooded, but after it was given to the city by an Act of Parliament in 1671, improvements began to be made. With the Midlands and the North at the forefront of the Industrial Revolution, the Fosdyke became an ever more important transport link, Richard Ellison leased it in 1741 from the city, which looked to his expertise to improve the canal, having proved his worth working on the River Don navigation. Ellison dredged it and charged tolls, so that by the Victorian era, having passed through many hands and repeatedly improved, it formed a connection with England's industrial heartland that shaped the fortunes of our city. It allowed us to import coal and textiles, timber and ceramics, whilst we in turn were able to export our excellent Lincolnshire products of livestock, wood and grain to help feed and clothe the burgeoning industrial cities of the North and the Midlands. The next commercial route which bisects this grid square is the railway, which closely follows the line of the Fosdyke at this point. Railways arrived in Lincoln in 1848, and as with the rest of the county, must have sounded something like a death knell for the canal and road transport networks. Although some negotiations were made between the railway companies and the proprietors of the Fosdyke to try and secure the commercial future of Lincoln's waterways, both the River Witham and the Fosdyke saw a significant drop in the cargoes they transported by as much as two-thirds between 1848 and 1868. However, the Fosdyke kept some of its trade and in fact continued to carry grain traffic until as late as 1972. The last structure that forms the cross in this grid square is, of course, the bypass and forms a contrast to the other two structures and that it takes traffic away from the city, whereas the other two obviously brought it in, well, and took it out. The word bypass could have negative connotations in the sense that the city is being avoided or overlooked, but in its own way the bypass is as much a testament to Lincoln's growth as the Fosdyke and the railways. They helped Lincoln to grow in prosperity and population during the 19th century, 
and 100 years or so later, the city still continues to build on this growth with more housing and businesses, to the point where the original road structure struggles to deal with the increase in motorised traffic. Who can remember queuing through the city in the summer to get out to the Lincolnshire coast alongside hordes of summer caravans, or the tankers on their way up to the ports of north-east Lincolnshire, or with the opening of the Humber Bridge in 1981, or those container lorries heading up to Hull? When the Eastern Bypass is completed, then Lincoln will have a ring road that'll bring its own prosperity, attracting more new housing and commercial developments on the fringes, providing easy access to a city that grew from its commercial origins in water and then rail. And that's if, of course, that uh, bypass ever gets done. <laughs> more about that on, uh, on later grids as we explore that side of the city. Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. Find us on Twitter at Lincoln A to Z. Uh, now, on many occasions, uh, Johnny and I have encountered grids with the pubs either in them or very close to them, but the timing of our visits hasn't always been very good, so we've, we've missed out on a refreshing pint. However, more by luck than judgment, we've timed this one perfectly. So, as we've established, uh, other than uh, locations of, of transportation, uh, uh, National Cycle Route 64... Uh, and a few farmers' fields. Uh, there, there's not a, a lot to this grid, although we have just discovered something. Not, I mean, uh, we're not going to lie and say we discovered it by accident. I think we always knew uh, this was going to be uh, the end of our our grid hunt today. Uh, the Pie Wipe Inn. Um, I, don't, I, I would think you would you'd be able to ask probably a hundred percent of of people from Lincoln and the surrounding area, and you would struggle to find someone who didn't know the Pie Wipe existed, or had never been here for some kind of function or a, a fancy meal. Yeah, and yet, if you're not from the area, I imagine it's probably quite hard to find. It's not exactly you know, on a prominent route. It's quite hidden away, isn't it, down here? You have to come down a quite... Uh, if you're coming by car, you come down a very long, narrow lane to get here. It's quite tucked away, but as you say, everyone in Lincoln knows it. I've been here many, many times. I usually come straight from our house. You can come straight down the cycle route from the Brayford, basically, all the way down, all off-road. And... Um, I have very fond memories of one time coming here, but there were four of us all together, uh, me and my wife and another couple, and we had a two-course meal here, and then I went up to pay for it, and uh, they put my credit card through, and as I was walking away, uh, I looked at the receipt, and they'd only charged me £4.90. Really? Yeah, and it should have been £49. So, I don't know, maybe today I should give them the, the 45 quid I owe them back, I don't know, what do you reckon? Uh, yeah, I think you should too. I don't. I don't like to hear about that kind of thing because at some point, at the end of that day, someone would have uh, they'd have been cashing up, and they would be quite a lot short. They would, yeah. But forty-five quid's forty-five quid, isn't it? It is, yeah. I've, uh, I have fond memories and fond links to this venue. Um, just after leaving school, uh, a lot of my friends were in college, and uh, and they met at music college. Uh, a young lad called Mark Hayhurst, uh, and he lived out here. His dad was the landlord out here, uh, and he had a function room for us to practice in. And uh, we formed our first band. Uh, the, the band were called The Frigid Zone. Yes. <laughs> and we used to produce, uh, we used to record ourselves out here. We did some gigs out here. Uh, one where I thought I was very cool chewing gum. Uh, and at one point we had a female saxophonist as well uh, playing in the, in, 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 the, in the band. And we had about six songs in total. Uh, one of them was called Addiction to Friction. Uh, another one was called Strange Dimension. Uh, and I'm going uh, to see if I can dig a tape out. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> of a live recording uh, from uh, from the Pie Wipes function room. So let's go and uh, so let's, let's go and have a drink. Absolutely, good idea. So as uh, as I've just been inside and bought uh, Johnny and I a pint, my round as we have this 
unwritten rule, don't we? Basic understanding. I feel embarrassed talking about it now, uh, but I've just come out with uh, a couple of beers. Um, it was my turn. Um, I never, ever in my life have, have worried about price of beer. It's one thing that perhaps I should have done over, over the years, uh, but I haven't done. But all I'm going to note is the marked increases to where you and I normally have our production meetings along the same waterway, the Shed Pub. Uh, and two pints of, of, of uh, the beer we drink uh, there usually cost us uh, £5 exactly, which is very convenient for everyone involved. Great transaction, no change, messing about, straight in. Um, it was considerably more expensive uh, in this location, and yeah, I don't know, maybe if you were to make some prejudgments about looking around the car park and the, uh, the Lycra bikers uh, who have ended up over here with their... Um, name brand bicycles, not ones picked up uh, at the side of the road for £50 or uh, given to them by a friend, uh, then you can you can sort of see why. And also, Johnny, I don't think you need to worry about <laughs> the £40 pounds, uh, that you owe, which must be a previous landlord here. They, landlords in these kind of places change all the time. Oh, I'm talking about five years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I tell you what, I, I, I give you the freedom not to worry about that anymore. Absolve me about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. From, okay. from, from their specialist roast pork in there that they're selling uh, very, very, yeah, <laughs> uh, very marked up price, uh, which I'm sure is very tasty. And we're not going to do a restaurant review. That's someone else's job. Um, but I don't think you need to worry. Uh, but it's obviously very popular with cyclists around here, being a part of the uh, the national cycle route. This this whole program really has reintroduced me to biking. I, I hadn't I hadn't been cycling for a long time. Uh, I think I've spoken before about that. I know I got knocked off my bike and I, I wasn't too comfortable doing it for a while. And then we started doing this, and you gave me that old cronky bike, and um, <laughs> I've really got back into it. I've, I started cycling to work um, most days of the week now, at least while the weather's nice. I am, I am definitely a fair weather cyclist. But um, it's, it's really got me into it, and I think a lot of other people are as well. There seems to be a real popularity around cycling at the moment. Um, as you say, we're here, and there's, there's loads of bikes um, all over the, uh, the grass here. And, yeah, there's, there just seems to be a marked difference in, in the number of cyclists around generally, um, I think. Maybe, it's, it's, and we've mentioned this before, maybe the, the effects of the Olympics and the, the Wiggins effects and this kind of thing. Uh, but even at my work, and I work in a place where... We have a Tesco. It's about a ten-minute walk away, and people will drive to it, <laughs> and then and then come back moaning about how bad the traffic was, with no hint of irony whatsoever. <laughs> but even at my work, people have started cycling. The cycle racks outside my office have actually got bikes in them recently. Um, so it makes you wonder if there is some kind of change happening, very very slowly. Um, but we've got this infrastructure now. We've got this cycle track. There's excellent cycle track around here. Uh, and all over the city, and you, you can't help but think maybe you know maybe we're moving more towards the kind of Swedish Norwegian kind of way of life where cycling is just a, an everyday part of, of people's lives. Uh, yeah, I'd hope so, and certainly in a rural area like we uh, like we live in, uh, there's no reason. You know, you can understand in, in London why people would be scared of, of travelling on the roads, uh, but the, the Lincoln itself, as we've seen firsthand. Uh, riding around it there's no reason why this area especially as flat as it is crikey exactly. we are blessed with flat land all right yeah. one big hill leading up to the tourist part we could put the uh, the insurge of cycling up to uh, maybe the, the the successes of the tour de france uh, over the last two years two british winners uh, or of course the olympics uh, and the track winners there um but i think johnny much as when i stopped going out drinking the pub started closing down since I started cycling, <laughs> I've noticed a big in. in <laughs> I can't even keep a straight face saying it. I've noticed a big insurgence in cycling. Really? So you reckon you're some kind of Svengali figure, and people people watch what you do? 
and follow. And basically, they look at him and say, look, if that clown can do it, anyone can do it. <laughs> so there we are. Do you know what? After that conversation, Johnny, we recorded that you know, you know, a little while ago now, didn't we? And uh, a lot of that conversation I'd forgotten about. I'd certainly forgotten about mm-hmm. trying to look through the loft for that uh, tape of my first band, The Frigid Zone. I'm going to have to try and dig that out now. You know, I'd like to be able to say, well, I sold it on eBay recently, if, uh, you know, for a million pounds, but uh, it's, it's just not the truth. But uh, I think in there, and I, I, Mark Hayhurst's dad, who you, who used to be at the Pie White pub there and, and ran it for a while, and we're talking a long time ago now, at one point he was in soft sell. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, but I think I think what we found out we're finding more ourselves about ourselves on this journey. Oh, crikey, I sound like we're an X Factor. Um, but I think what we what the listener can can come from that is uh, I'm a failed pop star and uh, you're a thief <laughs> yeah I, I guess so that, that's, that's how it sounds doesn't it yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, I, I, I really think you should dig out those tapes I want to hear that you know I, I, addiction to friction in particular sounds really enticing I want to yeah. hear that well, do you know what the undertones did that better I think we, we all know where we're talking there but also towards the end of that um, I was uh, talking about the, the, the pubs closing down and actually it was it was pretty much the truth that when, when I stopped drinking and settled down um, all the pubs on the high street just went you know sort of almost one by one um, but that, that's something I think you and I would like to explore as well in, in, in further detail isn't it um, pubs and the loss of those pubs uh, and we'd like people to get in contact with us, wouldn't we? I mean, uh, is there any uh, particular pub you remember with fondness that's not here anymore? Oh, I don't know. Um, well, I mean, there was Martha's, which is now, I think oh. that's Lincoln Red now, isn't it, the restaurant? But yeah. that was that was always a, a favourite stop for us mm-hmm. in the early days. Bill Forth, the, the Royal William, which of course is still there. Um, but we always used to stop off there before going to uh, Vienna's. Hey! Yeah, that's, yeah, that's going yeah, back a bit, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Sweat yeah, yeah. dripping off the ceiling and sticky carpet floor tile. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, well, for me, it's got to be uh, the Falcon, which um, oh, yes, is, yeah. is, is what, trebles for singles or something it now. It is now, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, come here and get and get loaded before you move on to a club uh, yeah. job, isn't it? You know, not an ounce of character uh, in that place. Whereas uh, certainly the Falcon, back in my day, when I was in uh, one of my later failed uh, bands, uh, Calamari used to play the Calamari all the time. And we were up on the roof out the back. They used to have gigs up on the roof and things like that. You know, just like ideas there that, you know... I, you know, no, it, it was it was never a very successful pub. It was never run with any kind of efficiency. You know, you'd go there sometimes on a Saturday night and they'd run out of beer. But that, that was that's you know that's always the charm of a place like that. But uh, uh, dear listener, if you uh, lament or miss uh, pubs and you've got certainly uh, some stories, nothing uh, nothing too lewd or crude, of course, um, given the subject involved. But uh, do let us know, Lincoln A to Z at SirenOnline.co.uk. Lincoln A to Z. A question of Lincoln. The uh, the chimes at the bells of Lincoln Cathedral can mean only one thing. It's time for a question of Lincoln. And just there in the background you'll have heard the Siren FM choir just warming up. Chris Whitwood, I think, sticking out, uh, sticking out very well there. Chris Whitwood, of course, presents a history of Lincoln, uh, which you can catch on Siren FM Saturdays and Sundays at 8 a.m. and it's repeated Monday nights at 11, conveniently after our program. Okay, time for a question of Lincoln, Johnny. Uh, are you going to go first this week, Johnny? Yeah, I'll go first. Nice, uh, easy one for you this week. Good, good. And uh, since we're talking about transport, I thought I'd ask you something that's germane to the issue. <laughs> um, according to a recent survey, 
by the Chartered Society of Physiotherapy, <laughs> Lincoln has the highest proportion in the East Midlands of people who walk to work. Brilliant. What percentage of Lincolnites walk to work? Is it A, 10%, B, 15%, or C, 20%? Your 10 seconds starts now. Okay, uh, wait, high, you're saying a highest, but then is that high over a national thing or a regional thing? And I don't know, uh, so I'm going to say uh, middle for diddle and say 15. <coughs> no, it's actually 20%, which really? is really impressive, isn't it? One in five people. Um, yeah, yeah, well, I'm one of those. You're one of those. I am, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Must be right then. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's 100% of people in this room. <laughs> Where are they getting their Where are they getting their facts from? Uh, right, okay. So uh, I lost that. Uh, that's not good. Um, I think we should start bringing chocolate or something in as a as a bit of a prize. Yeah, that's a good idea. Remember yeah. that time you bought a prize in? You brought apples in. Yeah, and you don't like yeah, fruit. Don't eat fruit. Yeah. Okay, right now, <laughs> question of Lincoln for for Johnny Lee Haw. Uh, in our G eight grid this week, uh, we visited the Pie Wipe. Uh, now these days, the Pie Wipe has a twenty one room lodge, or the lodges are available, but not in this grid, so it's not really relevant. Uh, now, my question of Lincoln to you, Johnny, is what year was that lodge built? Mm, I know. Okay. Was it A, 2001, B, 2005, or C, 2007? Well, I I remember that being built. Mm, of course um, Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, it's not as recent as 2007, I don't think. 2005... Yeah, so I was living on my flat. I'm going to have to rush in 2005, you. So I'm going to say 2005. You're wrong. Oh. <laughs> when was it then? 2001. Really? That I know. Was exactly, wrong. exactly. It was one of these. Because I was, I was looking that up, looking that up, and I thought, oh, well, well, I'm quite surprised by that. That'll get him. Yeah, yeah, you're but, right. But then if we did bring some chocolate in, right now we'd both be looking at some chocolate bars and not being allowed to eat them because we both got it wrong. So. You'd have to eat your own chocolate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, got back to that. Uh, okay, now then. It's time... For a guest, a guest on the programme. Now, our producer, Johnny Hoare, uh, doesn't own a car, and because of this, I've always thought he was a bit of a lunatic. However, with parking issues, traffic jams, and a city with train barriers stopping you at every turn, Johnny may well be smarter than he looks. As we've said, our G8 grid has a national cycle route running through it, so I went along to Lincoln's very own doctor bike, Trevor Marsh from the cycling charity Sustrans, and I started by asking Trevor about the role. I work for part of my time for the university, running the bike hire scheme uh, in the in the university. The, the university have 70 bikes, and I look after hiring them out, getting the maintenance done on them, um, any follow-up that I need to do with students, etc. Uh, the rest of the week, I work as part of the Access LN6 project with the in partnership with the county council, and we're looking to increase the take-up of sustainable travel in the LN6 area of Lincoln. So walking, cycling, public transport, uh, the project is um, giving support to cyclists, it's, it's run a cycle challenge so far, it's making changes at Highcombe Station, changing some of the train timetables so more trains stop at Highcombe, uh, they put in new bus routes, so anything to promote sustainable travel because that corner of Lincoln is rammed in the morning. It is. Chock a block with cars. It, it is. It's absolutely. It's very noticeable at the minute, and there's a lot of social networking talking about the amount of vehicles down there. Certainly because of the improvements that are going on uh, around there, and they're going to be going on for the next year. So uh, I tweeted the other day saying access to LN6 has never been more important. And I do believe that as well because just uh, you know you can see as well as the, obviously those train barriers uh, that are always going to be there. So let's you yeah. know, you know we, they're always going to be there. Let's not worry about that. Um, just getting around that that 
area in a, in a vehicle is time-consuming, frustrating, and obviously uh, pollutes the environment as well. Yeah. Um, so how are you how are you working or how are you in, encouraging people to uh, leave their car at home let's say because that's that's would you say that's the primary source of it do you think leaving the car at home yeah i think um cars with one person in coming into lincoln um there are too many of them there are more than the road capacity can cope with at the moment so you can either build up the road capacity which is difficult in a city or you can uh, reduce the number of cars so we're looking to offer opportunities alternatives to the car. Um, Wisby Road, which is part of the major industrial area in uh, Highcombe in the LN6 area, is pretty scary if you're riding a bike. There are no pavements on parts of it and there's some pretty big trucks. So over the next year the project is building cycle paths either side of um, Wisby Road, three metres wide each side, so that uh, if you're going from central Lincoln you can go down Tritton Road, up Doddington Road, onto Wisby Road and along the cycle paths there, you need never, apart from crossing roads, you need never ride along them so you can get to where you're going, to where you work in perfect safety. Um, how do you stop someone perhaps opening a curtain on a, on a morning where it's windy, blustery, perhaps icy, uh, and stopping and picking up those car keys and, and, and climbing, climbing into the car because where, where you've got a heater and a radio and it's nice and warm? Uh, I accept that I can't always stop them <laughs> picking up the car keys, but if I can get them to ride the bike on a couple of days a week, that's a start. And I think quite a lot of people, once they've made a start, they get more into it, they enjoy it. Um, it does wake you up in the mornings, it uh, gets the blood pumping. By the time you arrive at work, you're feeling pretty good. Mm. You've had a bit of a workout, you're feeling quite lively and uh, ready to go. Okay, so we had, say, uh, the Olympics and, and 2012 and that Wiggins effect, and it seemed like everyone was on their bike and everyone was out buying their bikes. You know, you, certainly in the bigger cities, you go to London, crikey, there's a bike shop on every corner, yes. uh, and they're all about it. Now, has that uh, legacy continued, do you think, or do you, what, how, how do you think it's faring? I think it's continued. It's got people into wanting to cycle to work, wanting to cycle. It's a... Uh, it's great for keeping fit because it's low impact. It doesn't damage your joints or anything. Uh, and it's not too hard work once you get used to it a bit. Uh, and that's the key there. I think once you get used to it, uh, I was feeling quite tired before I came out tonight and I was thinking about taking the car uh, and I didn't. I got on my bike and I felt so much better for it uh, getting down here, but the wind was behind me. So we'll see how I feel about that later on. Lincoln A to Z G8. Uh, now, time for the second part of our interview with Trevor Marsh from the cycling charity Sustrans. Uh, now, Trevor works with the university and Access LN6 here in Lincoln, and part of his training with Sustrans involves maintenance and, in his own words, learning how to ride a bike. But surely we learn how to ride a bike when we're five, don't we? You can learn to ride a bike in traffic, um, which is different from just being able to ride a bike around a playground or ride it on a, a car-free path. If you're riding in traffic, it can be quite scary. Some training can give you confidence. It can tell you how to behave. Um, that's not ride along in the gutter. Sometimes you have to be a bit bolder than that. You have to put yourself out of the gutter where the broken glass and the debris is and the, the gravel that will make you slip and get into the safer part of the road where the surface is better and behave in a manner that doesn't antagonize motorists but at the same time keeps you safe. Yeah, yeah, I mean that, that that's true. As a as a keen cyclist myself, and you speak to anyone who cycles, 
uh, on a regular basis. They've all got stories about motorists. And this, uh, I don't want this to turn into uh, an interview or a time where we, we antagonise a motorist or even pedestrians because they get in the way on the cycle paths sometimes as well, don't they, when they walk in the wrong place. However, there is, you know, we all need to be nicer to one another, don't we? Uh, yeah, I think we do. We, we, we need to consider that we're not the only people on the roads and other people use different forms of transport and to be honest I've very very rarely had any problems with motorists and uh, quite a lot of them it's the other way they're actually helpful to me I really don't have a problem with motorists um, I'm a motorist I'm also a pedestrian yeah and sometimes I ride a bike you know, <laughs> I, I wouldn't define myself as a cyclist I'm a cyclist when I'm on a bike now, our producer, uh, Johnny, one of his things that he's talked about on the programme before uh, about cycling, he can look at the equipment uh, of cycling, he can look at the gear, um, generally we call them lycra bikers, you know, that, that, that have the latest yeah. bike and all that kind yeah. of thing. Um, however, it doesn't have to be like that, does it? The, 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 my racer, my old retro racer that I came down here on today, uh, was £50 by a roadside, I've spent a few quid on it. Uh, doing yeah. it up and reasonably enjoyed that process uh, of doing it up and maintaining it. Uh, so it, it doesn't have to be expensive, does it? No, it doesn't have to be expensive, um, particularly if you pick up some maintenance skills yourself. Um, that can save you a lot of money and just basics like um, keeping your chain oiled, keeping your tyres pumped up, go a long way to making your bike ride a lot more comfortable and a lot more enjoyable. Uh, you don't need a £1,000 bike. I've seen £50 bikes that I'd be happy to ride every day of the week. Um, my bike's a, a mid-range bike, but it is, I'll say it myself, it's very well maintained. It's a pleasure to ride, and that's more important to me than how much it costs or how light it is. It's how comfortable it is and how what a pleasant experience it is to ride. It is, and there are a lot of, uh, a bit of technology you can get involved in uh, as well with a smartphone. Uh, we'll not name any names, but there are apps you can get where uh, you can race against your friends without them actually being there. Um, is there? Do you ever do you ever go for anything like that? Do you ever go for you know the, the, the racing? No, I plod. You plod. So maybe <laughs> I, if you if I, you I, see I, someone a few yards ahead, you're not tempted. You're going to overtake them, are you? Um, it depends. If I if I think I'm going faster than them, I'll I'll probably speed up, get past them, and then sort of carry on at the speed I was I was going. But I I don't tend to you know I don't have the urge to go faster than anybody else on the road. I'm more likely to be found sort of looking around and seeing seeing what's going on around me. Yeah, I mean, that's, that is how Lincoln A to Z was born, uh, from the Wiggins effect. I, I've got that racer, that, that, that racing bike. And the superb cycle pass. I mean, you were talking earlier about the cycle pass in and around Lincoln to get you yeah. uh, commuting from work. Actually, leisurely, you can go from here to Boston. You can go out to, uh, what's that viaduct called? Yeah, Fledborough Viaduct. Fledborough yeah. Viaduct. You can get yourself out to Fledborough Viaduct, uh, which takes you over the river, over into Nottinghamshire. Yeah, you can get to Clumber Park. Exactly. On and quiet roads and traffic-free paths. And that brings me now, I suppose, uh, to, the, to the grid. And the, and the reason why we're here today, we're talking about the, uh, the cycle path uh, where the A46 meets, where the Fosdyke uh, River meets and the cycle path there just past uh, the Pie White pub. That's, that's the yeah. grid we're, in, we're inspecting. Uh, I mean, do you get out that way very often? Uh, yeah, quite often go out that way. It's great. It's terrific. It's, uh, you know, you're out in the countryside. Um, there's things going on around you. You've got the canal. A lot of wildlife you see out there. I've seen stoats, I've seen herons, I've seen barn owls. And it's magical if you actually come, along, come across a barn owl hunting along a hedge. You can ride alongside it and uh, keep pace with it. 
Yeah. Uh, but it's fascinating to watch. You, you've got a choice that way in, in that particular grid, just past the pie wipe. You can either go out to Saxelby or you can go to Skellingthorpe, on to Harvey, and as you said, Fledborough Viaduct, Nottinghamshire, and uh, World Your Oyster. And it is, and just sort of cropping back to that wildlife, last time I was out that way on the way to Harby, uh, I nearly got hit by a deer, <laughs> which was, uh, I don't know, I really don't know who was more scared. We both looked very startled, uh, pulled an expression that neither of us will be very proud of afterwards. But uh, uh, there we go. Thanks ever so much to Trevor for his time there. Uh, and of course... Um, Trevor is also part of the uh, the, the Access LN6 uh, project, uh, which is uh, well, it's, it's there to help us uh, get around the place. And you see the signs go up. Uh, you see the uh, orange hire bikes, which I've still got lots of questions about. I'm part of that scheme. I've used one before, and it's great. But I've still got lots of questions. What happens, you know, if you go, go take one of those hire bikes and the rack's full? So if I go from Birchwood to Lincoln Station and the rack's full, I've got a train to catch. Yeah. What am I going to do? Um, it says on the website, there's some FAQs. Well, apparently, I, yeah, but you I've can train your that. nearby... And then call a number and say it's nearby. Okay. That's fine. Well, yeah. thanks. There's your answer. I'm, pleased you, I'm pleased you're here. Yeah. Uh, but just a, a quick one before I come to you on Access LN6, Johnny, because I know you're keen to talk about that. Um, just shortly after that, I, I, I was, I'm very proud of my bike. You know I am. And I, 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 took, uh, I took Trevor to have a look at it. And he's going to help me out with a couple of things. Uh, because rather than get fitter, I'm going to put some gears on it that will help me get uphill. Brilliant. That's fantastic. I can still eat cake. Super. Uh, so, uh, but we were talking about security. He looked at my lock and just said, well... Uh, you know, you can get through that in a matter of seconds. Uh, and very recently, they did this uh, scheme uh, where you can take in your old cable lock and they'll swap it over for a D-lock, uh, which people struggle. They, you know, they're, they're not impossible to get through. You can get through with an angle grinder. But, you know, if people are doing that on the high street, you can tend to see them. Um, but uh, and there was this scheme and my wife told me about it. And I think that day I, I'd, I'd put aside for laying on the sofa. So I didn't want to move uh, and I didn't go and do it. Uh, and, and I'm a fool and I regret it now. <laughs> We're kind of looking at the price of those D-locks. But it's, it's worth something. You know, if, if you want to keep hold of you. you your bike these days you do unfortunately uh, have to secure it and that's uh, one great bit of advice uh, that, that Trevor uh, gave me as I left uh, and I think anyone that meets Trevor will, will, will sort of come away uh, being more keen on cycling than they were already and you know already know how keen I am uh, on it so thanks ever so much to Trevor for his time now talk to me about Access LN6 Johnny yeah this is a, a scheme which I'm sure most people have probably heard of by now we've, we've mentioned it a few times today um, the uh, Lincolnshire County Council have got a special grant, a sustainable transport grant, and this project is happening over, I think, the next five years. And they're doing all sorts of things in the LN6 area to try and promote sustainable transport. And this is, I mean, this is very much up my street. You know, I'm a huge proponent of this. I will bore anyone to death uh, about <laughs> my views on this if they if they want me to, and even if they don't want me to. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't stop me, does um, it? <laughs> it? It doesn't. No, never, never stops me. Uh, you know, I, I'm just a great believer that, you know, we can throw hundreds of millions of pounds at building roads, but they'll just fill up and fill up again and fill up again and there's a better way there's a more progressive more you know future-proof way of doing things and it's generally by people just traveling in a different way um and that's what ln6 access ln6 is all about so they they very much get my vote yeah yeah you see suited to my nature as always johnny with this i wouldn't say i'm undecisive about this but i like to compromise and use uh, a cycle and a car because you remember that time when we uh, when we were talking and we were probably talking about money and things like that and you said to me well you could you could just you know sell your car <laughs> and i looked at, <laughs> i looked at you expecting you to laugh and you you know all, all seriousness you you actually meant it and i just thought well you know crikey car in a couple of children about and all the uh, the kelp that comes with them and things like that i, I you know i, I you see so you live in the city everything's yeah. on your doorstep well whereas... this is the thing isn't it you know you can calibrate your life in a way that makes it possible and later this series we're going to be in my my neck of the woods my <laughs> current home the, the west end of lincoln your manor uh so yeah this is something we might look at a bit more but basically everything we need is within walking distance so you know why bother with a car 
Well, well done you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now time to turn to our object. And uh, we've got an object for this grid. We've got an object for all of our grids. Everywhere we go, we're collecting something and we're going to display them in an exhibition. <laughs> Those lovely people at the collection have given us our, our very own exhibition. Lincoln A to Z is happening December 2014, uh, which we hope <laughs> to have completed the 52 grids by then. And... Um, so what we, we collected this was in, in the foyer of the Pi White pub was uh, the Towpath Talk. Now I'm going to hand you over, uh, this, I mean this is very much the kind of newspaper you'd find on Have I Got News For You. It's very specialist. If it's, you know, if it's not happening in here, it's not happening in the waterways of the UK. Uh, but Johnny, could you just describe to me the, the picture on, say, what's that, page four or five of, of yeah, Towpath yeah, Talk? Yeah, yeah, this is uh, page eight of Towpath Talk and um, the headline's Keeping Ice Cool on the River Ooze. Mm. And it's basically somebody's taken a chainsaw to a, an ice cream van, cut the bottom third of it off and stuck it on a boat. And, um, yeah, they're, they're serving ice creams on, on the river. That's, that's quite a good idea, isn't it? It is, but it's a very minute... <laughs> it is. You know, I don't know. You say that. The River Ooze is probably a huge uh, boating population. I mean, I'm thinking they're going to make about £8.60 that day and it's going to cost them a tenner in fuel, something like that. <laughs> but, you know, the, the idea that they're there, uh, I'm hoping they're not going to go to Dragon's Den with this one. No, no. I tell you what, this is quite a hefty newspaper, isn't it? There's a lot it of is, pages here. It is, but once you get past eight, page eight, there's a lot of adverts. All oh, right, okay. I see that. That's its real reason <laughs> yeah. for existence, isn't it? Yeah. It is. So don't forget. Make a date in your diary because I know I have already. Uh, December 2014. Uh, we're not. I mean, still, this is still very exciting for me because we've always called this an art project, art project, and a radio show and podcast, and, uh, and that's exactly what it is. At the end of this, there's going to be an art exhibition out of this, uh, out of our meanderings and our travels, and uh, hopefully something we can uh, be proud of. It's not turning out that way yet, <laughs> but something we can be proud of. Lincoln A to Z dot co dot uk. Now. It's time to hear from our regular spoken word contributor, Trevor Davis, with his take on our G8 grid. G8, Fosdyke. When the weather is fine, you'll be spending your time just messing about on the river. As the song goes, the Fosdyke isn't an actual river, but hey, who cares? It is water, and if it is a sunny day, it is nice to mess about on it. Most of us don't have that luxury, of course, for to mess about on the water, you have to have a boat. Still like the idea, though. I wonder if there's a rush on boats when the weather is fine, in the same way as when it snows, the shops soon sell out of sledges. Bit of poetry for you there. I suspect not, because you can get a sledge for a few quid, but a boat is going to cost you quite a bit more, depending on how big you want it to be. The choice of boat size is very important, because if you have a lot of people wanting to come on board and the boat isn't big enough, then it could sink. I realise that this is a very obvious piece of advice, but to stray off the path of political correctness for one fleeting moment, there are some people out there who need instructions like this to be written in very large font and shoved in front of their face. I'd even go one step further and ask them to sign that they have read and understood the instructions, You'd need a lot of space for the signatures, because there'd be a lot of them. Anyway, I digress. Boat size, as I say, is important. Especially when the weather is fine, because all your friends and neighbours will just happen to call round and slip into the conversation the fact that it's a lovely day to be out on the water, isn't it? They expect to be invited. That is why you should buy a bigger boat than you think you need. Unless you aren't particularly sociable, or don't like your neighbours, in which case you could just tell them to stuff it. You do get a lot of boats pootling along the Fosdyke. A walk along the bank, 
just past the golf course can be very pleasant. Don't be shy, give it a try. Our thanks as always to Trevor Davies, and you can find much more of Trevor's work at philosopherontap.com. Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. Uh, so thanks to everybody. Johnny and I have had a complete ball down here uh, this evening, and uh, really sometimes you know you put a lot of effort into making a radio program. We come down here, everything sort of uh, seemed to flow beautifully this evening, and uh, really enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed listening to it, and uh, thanks to uh, Treff and thanks to Joe uh, for their contributions as well. Uh, where are we next week, Johnny? Next week, we are down Brant Road in the, the Lowfields area, so it's uh, Bradbury Avenue, Calder Road, that whole area, 70s suburbia. Oh, yes. Lincoln A to Z. Thanks for listening to the Lincoln A to Z podcast. Do you know anything about this or any of our other 52 grids? If so, we'd love to hear from you. LincolnAtoZ.co.uk has all the information and contact details you'll need. And don't forget the live Lincoln A to Z show is on Siren FM Monday nights from 9.